In 2013, Sandra Oh was presented the key to the city of Ottawa. In 2019, the Toronto Raptors won a key from the city of Toronto. Very few individuals are presented keys by a city. It is a symbolic thank you and honor from the city. In this episode, we spoke with one of these individuals. Mohamed Fakih was presented the key to the city of Mississauga. Mohamed is the founder of a very popular restaurant chain, Paramount Fine Foods. He is also known for his charitable work through the Fakih Foundation and being a Canadian representative of the United Nations Human Rights Commission. In this episode, we talk about how he started his journey as an immigrant business person, why he fights so hard for refugees in the country, and his vision for the Canadian dream. This is Postico Chronicles, and I'm your host, Matt Falk. Thank you so much for joining us, Mohamed. No, thank you very much for having me. Yeah. I'm excited about this. Excellent. I am also very excited. Um, I'm sure the, the listeners can hear it in my voice. Um, so for those of our listeners who have never heard of Paramount Fine Foods, could you just tell us a bit about uh, the, the stores and also um, about yourself? Well, I came to Canada in 1999 as an immigrant. Uh, I've been a refugee during my life. I escaped Lebanon uh, because of the war. So I've been a refugee. I've been an immigrant. I've been both mm-hmm. at the same time. Uh, I landed here in Pearson Airport with $1,200 in my pocket. Uh, I lived in a shared basement apartment for a year and a half while I starting up uh, my life. Um, really very little, close to nothing in my pocket and um, uh, started working at a coffee shop. Oh. Uh, and fast forward, I got an opportunity where I walked into buy a kilo baklava for my family. Mm-hmm. And the person that owned Paramount or used to exist as Paramount, but was mostly baklava and coffee beans. And uh, he, he was telling me the story that he's struggling in the business and he's looking for someone to help him out. Um, I had saved up a little bit of money, just good money enough to, to, make, to make the move and take my chances. I bought the business and after turned it to a restaurant. Counted on my team. I didn't know how to fry an egg. I'm a gemologist. Uh, I, I I have a master's degree in geology. I'm a gemologist that basically sells shawarma. And uh, <laughs> I had to count on a great team. And um, basically what everyone, every CEO, every base, a startup need to count on good people. It's all about the people. It's not about the company. And, uh, and then another restaurant. And then another restaurant until... Paramount today is over 80 locations worldwide, over 2,000 employees. So uh, I think I'm a living example of Canadian giving opportunity to someone they don't know, never met. And Canada being a land of opportunity, a land of hope for all of us. It's just we need to want to do it. I mean, unless you really want it, you're hungry enough to, you have that grit to make it happen, right? This country has a beautiful opportunity, has amazing people. And that's what I am. That's who I am today. That's in, that's insane, though. So you went to work at a coffee shop, and then you you, you bought it out. Essentially, like you bought into it. Is that no? That's, not, that's no, a different no, coffee no, shop. So no, you no, worked no. at a coffee shop, and then you I worked in a coffee shop, and yeah. the, and I worked for free in a jewelry store because yeah. I'm a gemologist. Yeah. So I had to work at a coffee shop to make some money on a night shift. Yeah. During the day, I was working at the Eaton Center for a jeweler. Oh wow! And. Um, 
basically I was. When I wasn't sleeping, I was working. I was working over 21 hours a day. Mm-hmm. And uh, until I got a better opportunity in the jewelry business. Mm-hmm. And from there, I became a store manager, then regional manager, then a VP. And then I got an opportunity for a sweat equity where I became a partner instead of getting paid. Got it. And slowly I raised up some money and that's where I got the opportunity to buy this baklava place. When you uh, drive by Eaton Center sometimes, do you think like, oh man, like back then, do you, do, you, do you get a little bit nostalgic? Yes, and that's why we open a store across the door of the Eaton Center. And uh, today before this, I had uh, another interview and I had another event that I was attending and, and I had another hour mm-hmm. to walk around. So I went to walk around the Eaton Center. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it makes me remember all these days and everything about Toronto, everything about Mississauga, especially Mississauga where I landed. Yeah. Reminds me of those days. And, you know, and I always say, and to all of the people listening to me, never forget where you came from. Mm -hmm. Never forget where you started out like. And that's why, that's what gets me to want to help people who are starting. Want to help people who need the help. And that, like those immigrants that you meet every day, the refugee that we brought from Syria and from anywhere in the world, or the refugee we haven't brought here, like the the Venezuelan issue. Mm -hmm. I think Canadian should continue to play that role in the world that badly needs it. Playing a role of being welcoming, being accepting, and giving opportunity to those people. Because we're all immigrants from somewhere. Either you came here 500 years ago, 100 years ago, 20 years ago, or a year ago. You know, Canadians come here wanting a better life, and they just benefit the country and bring a positive impact here to to this beautiful place. I I read that your store specifically hire immigrants and refugees right we hire everyone Everybody. we don't hire based on when you came here yeah. and we don't hire based on the color mm. of your skin your religion or your background we you walk into our office we have a united nation in a small shape in a small format uh, i think uh, i'm i'm one of the people who paid the price of not having a canadian experience and i had focused on hiring people and making sure to send a message that International experiences are not less worthy than our Canadian experience. And we should not ask a doctor to go be a taxi driver just because simply we do not want to give them an opportunity. Let me tell you something. There is nothing in the world better than the feeling of giving another human being a real chance and seeing them prosper. I think Canadians should take advantage of that opportunity of being able to give other people a chance and seeing them prosper. Did you have any business experience prior? You said you were a gemologist. This is an insane story for anyone starting from like one shop to 80. Did you have any business experience prior? Well, I've worked as an employee at a jewelry store in Italy. I've seen my dad growing his own business before. Mm-hmm. I've been around business people, but I'm someone that likes to find out. I'm, if you don't talk to me, I'll talk to the wall. I have to talk to people. I have to find out about people. And I always was around like wanting to have mentors mm-hmm. my family always said why are your friends always older than you because i wanted to learn i was very hungry th- to learn and in life to succeed you have to be hungry mm-hmm. you have to be hungry and you have to wake up like i do i wake up every morning so excited mm-hmm. i don't know what am i excited about yet mm-hmm. i'll figure it out like in an hour or two but i wake <laughs> up so excited about everything i'm doing yeah and because life is beautiful and you can always find positivity out of everything you're doing even when there is a problem, you can find a positivity out of that problem. It'll get you to learn. I understand that's a cliche answer. But most importantly, it'll, it'll, it'll make you more persistent. It'll give you a thicker skin in general. And we do need a thicker skin to be in business. Businesses are unpredictable. 
And when you go into business, you need to be prepared to fail. Mm-hmm. And part of it, crazy enough, people who go into a business, invest their time, invest their money, uh, decide to stop a salary that possibly could be a good salary, mm-hmm. knowing that they could fail. Yeah. But that's how you change your life. Mm-hmm. And that's how you change the world, doing things outside the box, uh, outside the status quo, right? Mm-hmm. And that's important. So I want to confirm. So there's like over... 80 branches of Paramount Fine Foods, right? Around the world, yeah. Around the world. And so you're also rated by Waterstone Capital as one of Canada's most admired CEOs of 2019. I think they made a mistake by doing that. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> um, I guess, like, what's your motivation to expand the business so much and to grow it from that one shop into an empire? Yeah, and that's it depends what you want from life. If you just want to have a good salary or income uh, good enough for you to to be good with your family and cover your expenses, that's one dream, right? For me, I didn't want to sell shawarma. I wanted to sell businesses. I wanted to distribute the knowledge and expand it. Even Yoda said, like the knowledge is not worth unless you're ready to share it, mm-hmm. right? So I wanted to share the knowledge of opening a Middle Eastern restaurant. I wanted to share the knowledge of for and we always talk about immigrant only, but there is a lot of Canadian born here don't know how to start a business too. Yeah. So, you know, I wanted to share that knowledge with everyone, simply everyone, all Canadians, because Canadians have given me a beautiful big opportunity and they didn't judge me for where I came from or when I came here. Mm-hmm. So, and I want to return that. And I want to make make it happen to be, to, 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 to tell a story that Canadian businesses are expanding. We are the first uh, Middle Eastern restaurant to expand internationally from its base. We are wow. one of the fastest growing in North America. Yes. So I want. I always looked at McDonald's and Tim Horton and I said, if they can do it, why can't I? Mm-hmm. And today I hope a lot of young leaders, a lot of young business leaders, people who wants to be, grow their business, they look at Mohammed Fikir or Paramount and they say, if that guy that came here only 20 years ago, started this business only 13 years ago, can do it, why can't I? Mm-hmm. Right. So I wanted to set a bigger example. Right. And I want to set bigger example in multi-directional way, not only success in business, mm-hmm. being immigrant, that Canadian gave him an opportunity and become successful. That's another example. Mm-hmm. Right. And then the third example is when you become successful or even before you become very successful. Remember, there is no business worth doing unless that business helps the community, unless that business becomes something good for everyone not only for yourself so you've been here you said 20 like for like around 20 years 1999 so right just over how does it feel to have been here for only around like over a little bit over 20 years and uh i think it was a couple years ago that you received the key to the city of mississauga how did that feel it feel uh enough to make to make me cry all night when I received it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it feels great. It feels, it feels like everything is possible mm-hmm. in a time and a world when everything we hear about on the news, at a humanitarian level, at political level, that things are negative. You know, even now with the health level, things are negative around the world. It gives you a hope. It gives you a lot of hope. And it feels like really that Canada will always be Canada, a place of hope for everyone, regardless you came here, you were born here, or you came here by choice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it felt, I, I, I think I 
was inspiring not only for me. You know, I stepped uh, I stepped from the stage and I gave a hug to my 15 years old boy and he whispered in my ear and he said, you know, Dad, I was very proud when Kawhi Leonard got the key, <laughs> but I'm much more proud to see my dad getting that key. Like to me, that moment, I could have died five seconds after it mm-hmm. because that's the dream of every father to be the hero of your own mm-hmm. son. And it was that moment for me. So it was a huge, knowing that Hazel McCallion and two other people only who got it, and I'm number three for Miss Saga to get it, is very emotional. And for me to get that key in front of my team, in front of the community that gave me the opportunity, which is Mrs. Saga, which I think I owe Mrs. Saga and Toronto of my success because Toronto equally gave me the opportunity, but Miss Saga started with it. You know, it was a huge for not only me, for every entrepreneur, for every person that their success not only focused on making profit, but has a lot of purpose. It shows them that good people could finish ahead. And we need that message in the world today. also been a face and a voice for the Canadian side of the UN Commission for Refugees for a while now. How was it meeting and hosting that conversation with uh, Malala uh, when she arrived in Toronto? Well, being the face and the voice, I don't know about the face. I have a face for a radio (laughs) mostly. Like I'm good with podcasts because there is no face. (laughs) But but, uh, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm the voice of United Nations uh, for Human Rights and Refugee for Canada. Uh, Malala conversation was amazing. It's another example of someone that can make it out of her circumstances and make a real difference. It's another proof that it doesn't matter how bad your life, what are the circumstances. Everything else is excuses. Otherwise, if you want to bring results, you could make it happen. Malala proved it. A lot of other people approved it. And was very inspiring conversation to see someone as young as her mm-hmm. that with that much grit that much hunger to send a different message to the rest of the world. And being a face of UNHCR, quite honestly, not only Malala. Malala is an example that was able to be heard. Always remember, what you hear is only 1% of what really happening. And there is a lot of great examples around the world. And going to Mexico on my mission, because we have missions as voice and face of UNHCR around the world, Going to the border of Syria, I've met a lot of people that deserve to be awarded, deserve to have a voice. And it gives me a way of coming back and tell people firsthand what I saw and giving Canadian opportunity to give a hand up. Refugees and immigrants don't need a handout, need a hand up mostly. Mm-hmm. And I think they do us a favor by giving us the opportunity of giving that hand up to them. It actually makes our companies better. It makes our families better. And it makes us more purposeful people, why we live and why we exist. I I read a bit about your trips to all these places. Could you tell us a bit about one of them for the UNHCR? Well, I'm going to tell you a little bit about the last trip I went to uh, 
Mexico to Saltillo over the border with the Honduras and other places in the world where women actually get raped 20 to 30 times just to be allowed to cross borders mm -hmm. and just to be allowed to cross with their children to run away from, you know, all the drug dealers and the cartels and all this. Uh, it's only three, uh, three hours away from, from here. Mm -hmm. It's only half hour away from where we go vacationing. Yeah. And we don't feel their pain. I think uh, UNHCR does an amazing job to stay behind after all the media has left. Mm -hmm. And I think we around the world need to support UNHCR much more. I understand there was a lot of people that said the administration and percentages of how much they hold back. But I'm wondering if we have better resources and more trusted people, and we don't. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, again, it's all leadership is all about not making excuses. It's about reaching results. Right. And I've seen it firsthand and how much they help. I've met uh, several people, even children, 11 years old children that, they were already addicted, fully addicted, and they had no option but to help the cartels to sell the drugs. Otherwise, they would have been killed. Mm -hmm. And uh, I saw them that they ran across borders and they came to the UNHCR camps and mm -hmm. they were treated well and they're starting their education again after they lost all those years. Mm -hmm. So you see again hope, you see, and, you, and, and I'm very proud to be the face and voice of UNHCR. It makes me, it gives me the opportunity to help people uh, in places where we don't see them. We don't pay attention to them. And I'm glad that I'll be able to bring those voices here. And Canadians are amazing. Canadians are the nicest people in the world. And uh, I think uh, they'll never leave anyone. They, they don't let people down when people need help. And I, I'm, I'm glad to be, I'm, I'm, I'm very honored and proud to be Canadian. It's a very high standard <laughs> that you're holding for Canadians. But um, on this topic, you've been very involved in supporting multiple refugee families and supporting uh, Canadians, um, especially in their times of needs. What do you think of this whole juxtaposition of Canada's reputation of multiculturalism while with the rising of as it seems rising in media, I guess, of like Islamophobia and anti-immigrant sentiment? And I guess even like specifically around like the GTA area, like what's your thoughts on that? Well, no, I mean, uh, I'm not here to tell you that everything is a dream to be lived, but it is. And uh, having there is a rise. Yes, there is a rise. Definitely. We have our uh, neighbors in the south that actually think that on a, with a remote control can stop the coronavirus. And he's just telling us that everything is great and without a justification. Uh, we have definitely voices across the world. Uh, leaders are being voted that they actually support uh, anti-Semitism, anti uh, they are Islamophobic. Uh, I personally was subject for two years of an attack just because of my background. And I fought a very, very hard court that actually touched my children personally, right? And uh, they came very close to my children uh, to intimidate me. So I was us thinking that we can take how beautiful Canada is, how peaceful and multicultural Canada for granted is a mistake. I think we need to acknowledge the challenges we're facing. And last election is a big example. It was not about Justin Trudeau or Andrew Scheer. It was about the kind of country we want. That's more than the leader who, who they are. Mm -hmm. And 
thankfully Canada picked the right country. And it's all about us now to make sure that, number one, we don't remain silent because our silence to intolerant people and to the haters is a wink. We're telling them it's okay what they're doing and they can continue doing it. So we need to all speak out. We need to stand again as a family, not as a country, as one against the intolerant, against the haters. And we need to continue to send the message that hate will never win in this country. So we need to make it a condition to any leaders, to any, any of the leaders that wants to win ever to, 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 to be the leader of Canada, to be the leader of any party in this country, that the unnegotiable part is the acceptance of the people, diverse communities, the, the, our minorities, including the, 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 the LGBTQ, the Muslim, the Jewish, the black, the Asian, and all of us together. Mm-hmm. And immigrant makes a lot of children. So I, as well, all Canadians should come together to really defend that because we don't want even the reverse and the opposite to happen, that that areas were more immigrant and more Asian, we don't want them to discriminate against the white and we do not want them to discriminate against anyone. Discrimination and hate and intolerance is simply unacceptable and Canadians should stand up and be very loud and bold against it. And us calling it incident, us calling us uh, thinking that that person is a lone wolf, we're just being, just not understanding the situation of the rest of the world and how the world is changing. But I think Canada is still a place of hope. We actually have an opportunity to lead the way for the rest of the world and send a message that hate will never win in Canada and Canadians will always come united against hate, against the intolerant, and we do accept people regardless where they come from. You hear that, politicians? Speak up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, absolutely. Absolutely. We don't need leaders that worry about publicity. We don't need leaders that worry about just the politics of it. We need leaders that worry, like Martin Luther King said it great. We need people that worry about justice, and we need people that worries about the humanity. And otherwise, we don't need them to be our leaders. Like, as simple as that. Mm-hmm. If you can't, if someone can actually believe that could be a leader of a party and run for a prime minister or for any high post in the country and do not support minorities, do not support all Canadians and represent all Canadians, they're kidding themselves. They're kidding themselves. They need to have a selfish check on how they think they're going to do that and why is it fair to expect from Canadians to vote for them as leader and they want to be leader only for part of the country. Well said. Um, you, you you just touched on a lot of different points. Um, I come from, as well, like an immigrant family, and I found that many immigrants who move to Canada, they seem to, and this is from my perspective, right? They seem to be a little bit more passive when they're being treated unfairly in certain ways. They kind of like, okay, like this isn't my country, or, or they're, 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 they... Yeah, yeah they feel bit, intimidated. They don't want yeah. to rock the boat. But you're very publicly intolerant of discrimination towards uh, both you and those around you. What is what inspires you or like pushes you to behave so differently? Well, my kids are born here. I picked this place to be my country. I love this place. I love its people. And I came for the Canadian dream. And quite honestly, we don't talk very often about the Canadian dream. We all talk about the American dream. Even where I came from, Lebanese talk about the American dream. They see movies and talk about the American dream. The American dream is about the self. 
right? Striving for riches. Even the the, the, the sign of the dream is a white picket fence. Mm-hmm. It's a fence that divides people from others, right? Mm-hmm. Our Canadian dream is much better than the dream, and I think we should talk more about the Canadian dream. The Canadian dream is us coming together, right? When we live together in community and respect, right? When we support each other in good time and bad time, when we respect each other, people from different background, different people that look different, but we celebrate that. Mm-hmm. We don't tolerate that. We celebrate that. Mm-hmm. Right? So we take it even one step further. So we need to celebrate and talk more about the Canadian dream. And yes, we need to be very loud. We need to be screaming it and shouting it from the rooftops. That Canadian and in Canada who hate intolerance will never win. Mm-hmm. Right? Because minorities, when they come together, and people who support them. There is a lot of amazing Canadian born here that they're very inclusive themselves. These are the people that gave me my opportunity. And when we all come together and we become loud about it, we become majority. And it doesn't matter even if we don't because Canadian dream doesn't say that if you are a minority and you are less in number, that the rest of Canada will not treat you the same way. And will not give you a fair opportunity. You want a great example? My life is one. Mm-hmm. Canadian has given me a great opportunity. So I want to make sure that the people who are arriving now are receiving the same opportunity that I received personally. And I don't think the Canadian dream ever will change. We're only seeing that that 5% are becoming louder. And all of us, the 95% are just simply as nice as Canadians are. Yeah. We're being very nice about it. And we're going to continue being nice about it. And we want to only be nice about it. But we need to be just simply speaking more out, talking more about it, and sending a strong message. We're not okay with that. We're never going to change Canada to become any other country but Canada. These are our Canadian values, and we we better just hang on to them. Hmm. Um, For our last question, um, because we know you're a very busy person, uh, but... What's your vision for Paramount Fine Foods, uh, for community service, and for Canada that you kind of see in the upcoming future? Well, I mean, we have other brands we're launching on a business level. So I have a couple more brands under Paramount Fine Food umbrella that we're launching. The first one will be opening in April. It's a different food, Middle Eastern twist, but more salad, more healthy, and more digital, digital platform on service. So uh, that's very exciting for us. Most importantly is our culture is very exciting. I think we're going to set an example for companies, cultures, like the most admired uh, award. is a col- It's all about the culture of your company. It's about how you could be focused mostly about people before profit because when you, you focus about your people, profit will follow. Mm-hmm. When you focus about purpose, profit will follow. Today, in today's market, you can't be competitive unless you have a company with purpose. Talents don't want to work for companies that just pay salary. Talents don't work for only companies. They work for good people. And I want to set an example that you could be both. You could be a very good business person. You could be someone that knows how to bring a profit. But at the same time, while you're being very purposeful, good to your community, good to your neighbors, good to your country, right? And set an example for others to say, that's the only way now that you could be successful is being someone with purpose, having a company with purpose. And that's very important. So in the horizon, no, I'm not running for politics. Everybody asking me if I am. 
I'm not running for politics. I'm not running for anything except just wanting to be an influence. Send a message that we could influence as CEOs. Quite honestly, we need to get involved with more than just our companies. We need to focus more than just our profit, right? When uh, Michael McCain from Maple Leaf Food spoke, uh, weighed in about Trump and the uh, Iranian airline PS752, which is I started a campaign to help, right? It was amazing. It was beautiful. And I would love to see more CEO weighing in on things outside their profit. Focus more about all of us as a community, right? Than that. Because the private sector is very, very innovative and less bureaucratic, you know? The government of Canada has done amazing work on 752 issue, has done amazing work on the refugee issue. Mm-hmm. Like they, they have done the most excellent work a government could possibly do, but the rest of the job had to be done by the private sector because we, we don't have so many handcuffs on us mm-hmm. to be able to be more innovative. We have already the team in place and very important to weigh in issues, not just say, I don't care. It's only our neighbors is being affected, not me, not my company, and I'm still making my profit. That's not Canada. That's not our Canadian dream. And that's not how we need to show our talents. Our team need to see in us leader that our leadership goals extend beyond the walls of our company and our balance sheet. It should extend to affect the community and not by cutting a check, by being involved hands-on. Thank you so much. Uh, it was a pleasure speaking with you and thanks for being on our show. Thank you very much and good luck. I love supporting uh, new initiatives, especially initiative that it smells right, it looks right, and looks like it's going somewhere big. So congratulations and I wish you the best. Postical Chronicles is hosted, edited, and produced by me, Matt Falk. Rostislav Soroka was the co-producer of this episode. Our staff also includes Kasun Medikadara, Alice Coombs, and Tammy Kang. Our main theme song is called The Last Energy for the Day by Loyalty Freak Music, and there are other music credits on our website. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a note on our website, share us, follow us on our social medias at Postical Chronicles. Thank you for listening. We will see you soon.